Blog Talk Radio. Life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Well, welcome. I realize it's been a couple of weeks since we've been together between the holidays and me being out on the road, and I've really missed our time together. A lot's gone on in my world and both of your world since the last time we were together. I was thinking about it when I was writing the show, and, you know, we lost several good actors that passed away that were significant to my childhood, and I'm sure many of you as well, Andy Griffith and Ernest Borgnine. And as I started thinking about these people, you know, these really fond memories of watching their superb talents in both movie screen and television came to mind, and they were so endearing in a part of my life, and I'm sure a lot of yours. When I hear these kind of losses in my life, I really take a moment of silence out to send light to the family and the people that are left behind just to ease their pain a little bit. And I really started doing this a long, long time ago when I realized that we were really all connected to each other at some level or another, And sometimes I think people get really caught up in spirituality being these very heavy ritualistic things, but you'll get to know as I go along and tell these little tidbits that it's really about simplicity, isn't it? It's about these little nuances that we do during our day that kind of keep us all plugged together and realize that we're all connected. So I started this little ritual a long time ago like I said, when I realized we were all connected. And it just kind of reminds me that we're indeed all in this together. And especially during times of loss, it seems to bring the community. And in this in this instance, these two people, Andy Griffith and Ernest Borgnine, touched so many people. I think it just kind of brought up all these sweet memories and so I just kind of thanked them in my own little way and sent them off with light for the rest of them. I've spent the time away from the air in my absence to just kind of decompress and think about what's been going on with this flurry of activity that it's been going on, especially in the month of June. You know, June was a big month for Beyond the Pews, my book, and the radio show as well because I decided to broadcast, as we all know by now, (laughs) from New York City at the Book Expo and my latest stopover at the end of June, which was the International New Age Convention that I attended a couple weeks back in Denver, Colorado. The book was nominated there and actually won second runner-up in this prestigious Coalition of Visionary Rewards Resources Award, better known as the Cover Awards in the Autobiography category. Well, thank goodness no one really clued me in on how big of a deal that was because I think I'm a little bit a little more nervous if I realized 
and I'm sitting at the banquet and looking at all these wonderful books and music and everything else that was nominated besides myself, and I got a little overwhelmed because it was it's a excuse me a very big deal. And in fact, the overall winner of the book this year was Julia Cameron for her book, and she's married to the the producer and director James Cameron. So I was in a pretty big, prestigious crowd there, and it was just just grateful that I was at least nominated, and then I won. So thank you to my publisher and distributor for getting me involved in that. But there was such a contrast between the people that were in the New York Convention and the Denver Convention. Now, the crowd in New York, as you can imagine, was very organized. It was about a book expo, and it was three times as big as the Denver one, and it was all about business. I mean, there were a lot of people in business suits and a lot of famous authors and a lot of activity going on. And then I went to the Denver one, which was more intimate. It was smaller and more eccentric crowd. You can imagine it was a New Age convention, so there was a gamut of all different kinds of people. And I don't know about you, but I just love and am fascinated with people watching. And during my meet and greet and talking to people and hearing their stories, and believe it or not, I know you're going to find this funny, but I'm really more comfortable with the New York crowd. I know people don't believe me when I say that. You think as uh, with the genre that I work in that I would be more comfortable in the spiritual and New Age crowd in Denver, but I'm really not because I'm a businesswoman and I've been in the business world for a long time, and I really am more comfortable with that. So this has been the first time when I went to Denver that I attended a more liberal spiritual event, and it was a real eye-opener for me. I have to admit, I was greatly pleased by seeing all the significant changes in attitudes towards this more spiritual concept of awakening and awareness and something that's bigger than ourselves. And it became very apparent to me that we're never going back from where we came. You know, that restricted thinking that we always put on this idea that this spiritual world is kind of in a box, separated unto itself with the special people or whatever you want to call them. But as I was watching and listening to the people that were speaking and all the different booths, I really started to figure out that the awakened life is really becoming mainstream and that we're not going to go back. It was pretty cool cool to see this whole oneness that was going on during this convention. And I include the ghosts and the spirits and the living. And there were fascinating stories that told overlaps of all this different kind of stuff out in the world. And the people that were there were very normal. There were lots of people like me, some more grounded than others, but it was fun to watch how far we've come and how I really don't believe we're going to go back. You know, and when you go out, those things, it's always kind of fun to come home base, right? I mean, it's lovely that you're out there, but I'm really glad I came back. And one thing that I realized when I was out there is that I love unpredictability, I really am working on this program and have done this a lot with my own programs that I've had in the past 
I try to emulate what's going on in the world and my own life. I like to keep it really fresh because I get really bored, but I love the unpredictability of what goes on in our own life. It's that unpredictability that keeps us pushing through the boundaries and finding ourselves and keeps that innate sense of growing that we all have inside. You know, it's not a bad sense when I'm talking about boundaries. I'm talking about positively shoving yourself forward with these unpredictable events that come along. And if you really don't become and do that, you come stale and complacent. I mean, think about your friends. How many of them are doing the same things they did five years ago? You know, when your relationships suffers and your partnerships have a tendency to fall apart and, you know, your personal growth is basically non-existent. It falls at the wayside. And then what happens is you have a tendency to give up and surrender to the life filled with no highs or lows. And I find that very yucky for me as I get older. And this unpredictability, I used to find it, believe it or not, through physical stuff like I would cliff dive or I'd drive fast in my car and just really go for the physical part. But as I've gotten older, obviously that's not an option for me anymore because I'm a parent and kids and I have a life now. So I have to really reinvent myself and stimulate that part of myself in the mental and spiritual aspects to push those boundaries of growth that I'm talking about. So as you probably know by now, I did my show remote live at both of those places. And you talk about an adrenaline rush. Even though it's not as exciting and exhilarating as jumping off a cliff like I did a long time ago, it was still gave me this sense of growing and pushing myself to boundaries. You have to find guests, however, that will work with you in that. <laughs> Not everybody likes to do uh, predictable, unpredictable things and put themselves out there without a safety net, but I was lucky enough to find a couple people, especially at the IMAS convention. I was able to find two guests that were willing to jump off this mental cliff with me and do this show live. My first guest was Jessica, who was the publicist from QuestBook in Chicago. And she really had some neat stories to tell about her her um, authors that she has in the galley for QuestBook and also how they're connected to the Theosophical Society that's been around since the 1800s. And she was really fun to have. Now, she was very quiet and subdued with her presentation, but the information was great, and I loved her presentation. It was so different than mine. And then the second guest I had was Margaret Van Lembo, who was a fellow first place winner of a cover award for one of her books, and she's also the past president for for that nonprofit organization. I really enjoyed her candid presentation and conversation on the body chakra system Her whole book that she won about was about the chakra systems and how that life force healing stuff can can help the body. And in that show, we talked about how we're not afraid to talk about that anymore. When I first started, you know, I would try to manipulate the word chakra so people really kind of understood it but didn't understand it. But in that show, we talked about how there's no other word that describes that system. 
So I encourage you to go back and listen to the archives. And as always, you can go back to Blog Talk Radio and look up Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. And I have it labeled as the INAC Convention Show. It's really wonderful to hear these two guests in their contrasting presentation, but they had such great things to say about that. When I was out there, I really started thinking about what I learned out on the road. And when you go through things like that, of course, it's going to change you. But one of the things that kept popping in my head was the contrast of egos I saw at both events. You know, it's one of those things that I really try to avoid in the past, talking about egos. But it was so blatant in my face. There was no way to get around talking and reviewing and delving into the subject of the human ego and how it plays in our lives and how I've learned over the years to work with my own human ego. So for the next couple of weeks, I want to talk directly about that ego of ourselves. And specifically, I'm calling it 50 Shades of Ego. After this break, I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump headfirst into the concept of human ego. So stay with me after the break, and we'll talk about 50 Shades of Ego. for more welcome back here's your host jillian warm and fuzzy with an attitude
before the break, I was talking about my trips that I had in June, and I had to fly all over, and there was this lady next to me, and she had one of those readers that you can buy nowadays with electronic readers, and she was reading profusely. I mean, she was, did not want to be interrupted, and finally, I couldn't resist. I had to ask her. <laughs> I said to her, um, I hope you don't mind, but could you please tell me the book that you're reading that you are so engrossed with? And, I mean, she was, like, intense in this book. And, of course, she was reading Fifty Shades of Grey. And I kind of rolled my eyes to myself, and I thought, oh, for Pete's sake, I've been hearing about this book everywhere. And everywhere I go, you know, it's in every book stand. And if you haven't heard about it, I'm surprised. Anyway... It's the book, it's this new book trilogy that's like sweeping the planet by this British writer, and her name is E.L. James. And the first publication of the series is called Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's become very popular, might I say, in a certain group of people, namely women around my age, and we don't need to discuss what that is. But it's kind of strange because it's just, in every conversation I go, a lot of people are talking about it. So, of course, me being the good investigator that I am, I had to pick up a, a copy of my, for myself and read what all this hoopla was about. Now, mind you, I really don't spend a lot of time reading these kind of books. I'm more of a nonfiction kind of girl myself because I don't have a lot of time. But I thought, you know, this is a fictional book, and it sounded like everybody was really getting into it. And I have to admit, at this point in time, I'm halfway through the book, and I'm having mixed emotions about the book and the plot and the message, to be honest with you. And I was going to stop because I really didn't like the underlying theme of what I was reading, but some of my friends were urging me to keep going because the message gets better as you get along. Now, I have no intentions of bashing the book. That's not why I'm bringing it up or tearing it apart because that's just really not my style anyway. I'm more of a believer in to each his own. If people find value in the book, I say go for it. And I'm sure that by the time the trilogy is done, because there are all three out there, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about all that. But anyway, I'm sure that she's going to bring the message back home of loud and clear about whatever her underlying message was. But I brought up this subject personally because it it kind of, it, it doubled up on what I was seeing in the convention, which is the frailty of the human ego. Now, when we start talking about the human ego, people get a little gushy because it's like so nebulous. And it's been talked about millions of times. It's like the subject of love, right, that I did a couple weeks ago. It's such a subject that's so pertinent in everybody's life. Everybody loves love. Everybody has an ego. You can't, you can't get around it. And for years, I've avoided this subject like the plague because it's one of those elusive things that's so subjective, it's hard to put into words. But I thought it was time for me to really articulate my thoughts on ego and see how it resonates with your thoughts of ego so 
So I'm going to seize the moment, carpe diem, let's do it. So for the next few weeks, I want to talk about the human ego and how I see it in the world. You know, like the rest of you, I'm busy trying to make ends meet. I'm putting kids through college, and I'm saving for retirement. But every once in a while, within all that chaos, there's appearing moments of people in each of our lives where we hit personal greatness like winning the award a couple weeks ago at the at the INAPS convention. There's accomplishments that you and only you achieve by yourself. You know, all eyes are centered directly on you and you're singled out from the crowd. Whether that came through sports when you were younger or arts or walking across the stage when you received your diploma or you landed the greatest job in your career, all of these events add value to our internal self, which register into this pile called the human ego. We have to train ourselves as we go along how to respond to these kind of acolytes in the world in a certain way. Our human ego starts out as a survival mechanism. It's built because it has this illusionary covering that covers each one of us and that we build upon this ego. Now, we've all read Freud and all that super ego stuff. Quite frankly, I want to strip it down to a more basic kind of thing. I'm really concerned however, that I've been watching this trend over the last couple years, that our fragile human ego is receiving this big bad rap by a lot of people. It's really being separated out and being accused of things that we may not necessarily have in our lives. In other words, it's this part of ourselves that we love or we hate. And to be quite honest, you have to learn to be neutral about the entire process of your ego. You cannot live in the world right now without some kind of ego, illusionary cover. If you do, you'll get swallowed up, and the balance is trying to figure out how to do it. In this bad rap, I've learned that a lot of people are taking the complete opposite and bashing their human ego so badly that it becomes a strange submission like the characters in this book I'm reading. And it bothers me that we're overcompensating sometimes and going the opposite direction by suppressing the power of this human ego that we've been given because we haven't taught ourselves or made a concerted effort to figure out how to create a human ego instead of bad ego. Because whenever you say ego to someone, what's the immediate thing that comes up in your head that everybody knows? It's that bragger, the next-door neighbor that exaggerates everything. And this person is the one that knows everything about everything, and they see themselves a little bit higher than the rest of us. You know, the ones that know it all, that have an opinion about everything, 
and that they really don't have to engage with the rest of us. But there's all different kinds of spectrums of ego. Our ego can also be self-sabotaging on the other side. So when you start talking about and living in a healthy ego, it gets a little more complicated than just the obvious bragger next door. In the next couple weeks, I want to talk about and give you ideas of how I've been able to break this ego down into my head. It's about breaking it down into what I call the human ego part of ourselves and the spiritual ego part of ourselves. If we're able to see and separate those two pieces in the have and know when to play off of each other, it becomes more manageable and we can see ourselves in a different light. I want to talk about that next week. But now I want to use the remainder of this show to talk about something that's happening this evening. I'm sure that by now you most of you know that I'm a contributor to a blog called Time's Up, and there's lots of different writers from all aspects in the career world and the business world that add value to the Time's Up. Well, the one thing that you may not know that I really haven't talked about is the creator of this group is her name is Susan Murphy Milano, and she and I have been working together as colleagues in the world for a very long time now. And we've been very supportive of each other and instrumental in helping each other grow and to expand into what their journey and path is supposed to be. Well, and I'm going to try not to have tears or choke when I say this, but my mentor and my really good colleague is now working and found a glitch in the road on her own path and journey. She has recently been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. And she is one of these silent warriors that I talk about in the world a lot of times, even though she's very overt about her opinions and she's very prominent in the radio and television world, what you see from her is only the tip of the iceberg. She's one of those quiet warriors that work behind the scene a lot, like I do, helping thousands of people that have needed her guidance and her expertise. And she has been relentless in being available for all of these people that have needed her. And so now we find ourselves in a place where Susan needs some extra support and help from all of us. And she was a part of Denise Brown's Detox show. I don't know if you're familiar with Denise Brown or even remember her. She's Nicole Brown's sister from the famed killings that happened years ago. And she has a program that she does every Thursday evening with her colleague, Danielle Pierce. And Denise and Danielle have worked with Susan as well, and they have lovingly given up 
their hour show that airs this evening to dedicate their time on air to talk about Susan Murphy Milano and bring on some of the people that she's worked with and that we were all able to share our stories about Susan. And I was luckily included in this show that airs this evening. So I would ask all of you, if you have it in your hearts, could you please listen to the show tonight? It called, it's called Bees Talk on Blog Talk Radio, and it airs this evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's a small cameo that I have in there that tells a story about how I feel about Susan. And, of course, if you can't listen, it's going to be available like this show as always, in the archives, any time that you can listen thereafter. But I ask that you attend and listen in to this wonderful dedication to Susan. She needs our help right now, and I hope that you can do it. And remember, as I always say every week, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. And in Susan's case, in our case, and in your case, We have to keep growing all the time. So join me next week for week two of series 50 Shades of Ego. Same place, same time, Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before, just like Jillian warm and fuzzy with an attitude so change already 